Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our time of ministry in the Word of God and our Bible study. God is good. Hallelujah. I trust that you are doing well, you and your loved ones, and you continue to enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Um, whatever platform you are joining us on tonight, thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being a part of this um, Bible study. I'm excited about the Word of God. Woo! Glory to God. And I'm um, looking forward to everything that the Lord will help us learn and accomplish tonight. I have um, quite some ways to go and I want to finish on time. So I'm going to have us dive right into the Word of God. I hope you have your, your Bibles or devices through which you access the Word of God. Let's share a word of prayer tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for another glorious opportunity that you've given to us to be able to come together with the saints to receive all that you have prepared. Lord, we yield to you. Precious Holy Spirit, welcome. Move freely in this service. Grant us illumination, grace, and understanding. Open the eyes of our understanding so that we can see. Help us receive revelation knowledge. Father, I give you all the glory and all the praise. I pray for all of my brothers and sisters, everyone under the sound of my voice tonight. Um, whatever platform they are joining us on and those that will be uh, receiving this teaching afterwards, I pray, Father, that you bless them. Instruct them in righteousness. I give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah, amen, and thank you again, and welcome. Hallelujah. We have been talking about guaranteed success and divine guidance, and um, for several weeks we've been discussing the place and the role of adversity. I did think that we would close that out last week, that the aspect on adversity um, but we couldn't quite finish. I know I started going through stories of some of these um, just people in recent pasts and people whose stories the world, a lot of people know around the world, people who have dealt with uh, very serious adversity, but who have been able to stand and advance through those seasons of adversity. And And I remember that last week I was saying the Lord kind of put... He put some light on this for me and said, many of these people, they were not full of the word of God. They were not full of the Holy Spirit. They were not full of living faith. <laughs> like, yeah, they had faith in something. They had faith in themselves. They had faith in possibilities and things like that. But they didn't really have full active living faith like we do that's based on the word of God entirely. And yet many of these people stood and advanced through adversity and arrived at success. And he said to me, if they could, so can we. In fact, we much more. We have all we need. Um, we have much more than what they ever had. And I know that may sound funny to some people. And they may think, how can that be? How could I have had more than, than Walt Disney? How, how could I have more than um, 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 some of these great people? Like that's, yeah, but, but that is the truth. We are children of God. We are in covenant with the living God. We, we are full of the Holy Spirit. We, we, our lives full of the word. Our lives are based on the word of God. 
we have living, active faith. So, so we have all we need. We have much more than any of these people um, ever had. You may say, oh, well, you know, Albert Einstein, you know, I mean, why? What a, what a, what a genius that was. I mean, how could, how could I have more? Well, we have potential. And the will of God is that we'll fulfill our potential. We may not be scientists like that. We may not even be philanthropists. We're not, but whatever it is that we are created for, whatever it is we are assigned to do on this earth, God wants you to succeed. We know David said in 2 Samuel 23 verse 5 in the New Living Translation, Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His arrangements, his agreements are arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and my success. We know Joshua 1.8, the Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will observe to do according to all that is written therein. You meditate on it day and night. And then you will, if you do that, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Good success means all is well with us. It means in our lives, in our spiritual lives, in different areas of our lives, whatever it is we have been assigned in life, all is well with us. Good success is like the story of your life is an all-encompassing good story. That's good success. That's good success. God, God wants good success for you. Regardless of what you think, you may look at your life and think, oh, that's, that's, that's not me. Maybe that's somebody else. But no, there's, not, there's no success written on any part of my life. Yeah, that may be true. But doesn't change the fact that the Bible says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, Jeremiah 29, 11. They are thoughts of good, not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. Doesn't change that. Doesn't change that the, the plan of God. In, in 3 John, in, in verse 2, it says, I, I, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And in the Living Bible, it says that it is my prayer that, you are, that all is well with you. And that you you are, you are you are you are healthy. Your 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 physical body is well. You are healthy, as your soul also prospers or is well. That's the will of God for us. Now, even in times of adversity, when everything doesn't seem to be going so well and we don't feel so well, it is still the will of God that all is well with us. And as we wrap up our discussion, talking about some of these more other examples tonight, and. Um, and, and then diving into talking about commitment and success buttons and things like that, which don't sound so spiritual. We talk a little bit about diligence and all of that. Those may not sound so spiritual, but these are all keys to succeeding in life. So we've taken a long time in, in the midst of our several, uh, this is probably part, maybe to a part 20, maybe 21, I'm not sure. So that means we've been at this for well over four months. Actually, if it's part 20, that's well over five months. <laughs> so, um, through all of that, we've discussed a lot of foundational things, a lot of spiritual things. We've discussed a lot of natural things, a lot of, situ you know, labor, abundant labor, and different aspects of success. But we will kind of touch on some aspects of success that are not taught a whole lot purely 
are out of the Word of God or in churches or in our ministries. Uh, I'll touch a little bit on some of those things. Uh, organizing your life for success. Organizing yourself for success. First, having a commitment. Being, being totally sold out to whatever it is you have been called to do. And unless you are sold out, you cannot really succeed. You've got to find out what you've been called to do. You've got to find out what you are assigned to do. Several years ago, the great man of God, Ora Roberts, gave us three keys to success. And I know on this series, I've already talked about it, but I'm going to bring it back again. Three keys to success. Number one, find out the will of God. Number two, um, confirm no longer with flesh and blood. Number three, get your task done at all costs. So, yeah, you find out what you are supposed to be doing, what God has given you peace about pursuing in your life, what you are supposed to aspire to achieve in success, whether it's in your career, in your ministry, in your calling, whatever, in your family. And then you go for it. You sell out completely to it. That's what commitment is. And then, of course, you organize your life for success. So, yeah, we'll, I want to touch, I want us to kind of mention a little bit, a few of those things tonight um, after we wrap up adversity. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, talking about um, what the Lord had presented to him in the city of Ephesus. The Bible says, it says 1 Corinthians and 16 and verse 9, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. It says in the Amplified Bible, For a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me there, a great and promising one, and there are many adversaries. So we've gone through this over and over again, adversity is a part of achieving success. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35, the Bible says we need to stand in adversity. We need to persevere. We need to be followers of those who through faith and patience, that's Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9, for, verse 10, followers of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. We must not be quitters. We must not be people that draw back. We must not, we must not be people that that are unsure, that lose or give up our confidence because of adversity or seasons of adversity and difficulty in our lives. Hebrews 10.35, Cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We stand in the midst of adversity. Last week, we, um, I said, I did say I, wanna, I wanted to read some of these stories of these uh, familiar people, a few um, people with contemporary stories of success after they had experienced or suffered failure and, and adversity. And uh, I started out talking about Cornel Sanders, the founder of KFC, talked about Walt Disney, the founder of Mickey Mouse and Disney World. Albert Einstein, 
There was another one. He didn't speak until he was four years old. Did not read until he was seven. His parents and teachers thought he was mentally handicapped, but he won a Nobel Prize and became the face of modern physics. Think about that. Someone who, at his beginning, didn't seem like he would become much. And maybe as a child, he wasn't really the one going through the adversity, was dealing with the, the problems. But, but the things that happened to us as children stay with us. And much later in our, in our years, in our lives, um, those things would either encourage us or they would handicap us. But Albert Einstein refused to be handicapped by the struggles of his early beginnings. Mark Cuban, I think we all know him, uh, owner of da- NBA's uh, Dallas Mavericks. I wouldn't say much about him, but I, I really like, I'm fascinated by the story of his beginning. I, I, don't, I don't know what he believes, in, because he's still alive. I don't know what, what, he's, what he teaches and all that. But I like this aspect of the fact that he persevered through difficulty. He persevered and achieved a measure of success. The billionaire, billionaire owner of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks got rich when he sold his company to Yahoo for $5.9 billion in stock. He admitted he was terrible at his early jobs. His parents wanted him to have a normal job, so he tried carpentry, but he hated it. He was a short order cook, but a terrible one. He waited tables in a restaurant, but couldn't open a bottle of wine. <laughs> That's really pathetic. If you're, you're a waiter in a restaurant and one of the things people expect you to be able to do is, is serve them wine, you can't even open a bottle of wine, that sounds really pathetic. But he said, I've learned that it doesn't matter how many times you failed, you only have to be right once. I tried to sell powdered milk, I was an idiot lots of times, and I learned, learned from them all. I like that. Amen. So, even if you feel like... You haven't really succeeded at some things. You've tried this, you've tried that, and you have. But, but our calling is stand. Keep on standing. Find out the will of God, because sometimes some things we try to do are not necessarily what we are wired to do. I said sometime much earlier in our series of studies, grace, grace is really where success begins, right? Like we have, you have to know a key to success is we have to know. What are we graced for, right? Someone who does not enjoy mechanics, does not enjoy dealing with tools and dealing with mechanical things, um, unless the Lord absolutely directs you into the mechanical, the world of mechanical engineering, that's probably not where you want to go, right? So that's, that's really crucial, what we do, what we commit ourselves to and what we seek to pursue. We must follow grace. Learn to follow grace. Because whatever you are graced for, very easily you will probably succeed in it. Very easily if you do all the other things that are required. But he kept standing. He kept trying until he found the one thing that he thought he could succeed at. And he succeeded. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. He turned out to be the greatest basketball player, player of his generation, but never let failure deter him. He was once quoted as saying, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. <laughs> I like that. 
the fact that you have failed over and over and the fact that you have, you have, you have a, a long list of things that you have not succeeded at does not mean success is no longer possible for you. Matter of fact, the reason the Lord is sending us this word, the, Lord, the reason we have been studying this word for several weeks now, is because the Lord wants us to settle it permanently in our heart that we are wired for success. We are called to succeed. And if we will engage the principles that we have learned, including standing through adversity, standing and advancing through adversity, persevering and enduring, and obtaining promises through our patience and our willingness to stand in difficult times, then we will succeed. Can somebody say amen? Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb, said he was determined failure wouldn't stop him. And said, if I find 10,000 ways something won't work, I haven't failed. I am not discouraged because every wrong attempt discarded is another step forward. I love that. I love that very much. If you, if you have done so many different things and you can't really celebrate much success in all the things that you have done, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop believing. Success is within your reach. And you are listening to this message tonight. You are joining in this Bible study because God wired you for success and he wants you to know it. And the direction you need by the Holy Spirit, the steps you need to take, the Lord, through all of these different studies, is revealing. And after you have done everything you know, and everything within your ability. Stand. Stand. Don't say, well, I've done everything and I still, I still failed. So therefore, maybe success is not meant for me. Don't say that. When you have done everything you know to do. When you have done everything you know to do. Stand. Keep on standing. Keep on believing. Keep on enduring. Keep on persevering. Keep, keep on looking for new ways to do the same things that you have failed to do. When you know you are supposed, that's what you are supposed to be doing. Keep growing. Keep preparing. Sometimes success comes in seasons too. And in seasons leading up to those seasons of success, what is the Lord doing? He's preparing us. He's preparing us. So that when the right season comes, the right time comes, and uh, um, our preparation meets the demand, opportunity. Opportunity becomes available to us. And so, that's, that's the word of the Lord to us. Keep standing, we're more than conquerors. And nothing can really stop, nothing can really um, defeat the plan of God. For our lives. I want to close out in Romans, Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Close out, I mean, the discussion on adversity. Glory to God. We are about 20 minutes tonight. So praise God, I still have some ways to go. I want to jump into something else. But but before we do that, I, I want us to close out our discussion on adversity, standing and advancing through adversity. L- look at this scripture. It says, um, um, Romans chapter 8 from verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall tribulation, that's adversity, or distress, that's adversity, or persecution, that's adversity, or famine, that's adversity, or nakedness, that's adversity, or peril, that's adversity, or sword, that's adversity. All of these different forms and manifestations of adversity, he said they are not enough to separate us from the love of God and the plan that he has made for us. Verse 36, as it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God for us and from the eternal plan and destiny that God has created for us. The eternal plan of success, the eternal plan of glory, nothing will ever be able to separate us from it. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You are more than a conqueror. And I see you succeeding. You are not a failure, you are a success. I see you succeeding. You put your hand to the plow, don't look back. Keep on going forward. Keep on moving in the path of destiny and you will arrive at your destination. The Lord will carry you through quickly through the valley of adversity. If that's where you are tonight, don't despair. Be encouraged. Don't lose hope. If, if, if your vision and your dream seem to have tarried for a while, don't worry. The Bible says he will not tarry. The dream may have tarried, but the Lord, the dream giver, and the dream fulfiller will not tarry. He will come through for you. He will establish his plan in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Amen and amen and amen. I want to take a few minutes before my time is up tonight um, to just have us study a little bit, talk about a little bit um, the whole area of the, of the key of commitment. Being committed and diligence. Being diligent. And so um, I, I want us to... Um, kind of look at a few things that are really important here. Commitment is basically, the definition of commitment is, is defined as a pledge, promise, guarantee to obligate oneself to something or to someone or to some things or to some ones or to some causes. That's what commitment is. It's a pledge. It's a promise. It's a guarantee to obligate oneself. Well, one of our key scriptures for success, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 5. In the New Living Translation, David said, Is it not my family that God has chosen? Then he said, Yes. He has made an everlasting covenant with me. Then he said, His agreements are arranged and guaranteed in every detail. 
God has certain guarantees. What does that mean? God is committed to us. Do you know God is committed to you? That's what it means when God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. In one scripture in the New Testament, Hebrews 13, 5, I think, in the B part, it's, I will not, not by any means, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not. He repeats so many times. I will not leave you or forsake you. Someone says, well, when I trip up, I think somebody, no, when you trip up, God is there with you. God is not schizophrenic. God is not, God is not, and his love for you is unconditional. Hallelujah. When you fail, God is still with you. When you succeed, he's still with you. God is always going to be with you. Hallelujah. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his faithful and his truthful nature. God will never leave you. He's committed to you. Well, if we must succeed, if we are going to succeed in life, we must be committed. We must be people of substance. We must be people who are committed. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. I really like this. The Bible uses the example of the Lord Jesus Christ to challenge us to be committed, to be people of commitment. When you make a commitment and you stick with your commitment, success is more likely to find you than if you are someone that is not committed. Commitment draws the blessing of success. Whatever you do in life, actually that's where we're coming from, talking about adversity, but not just adversity, but about standing through adversity. That's commitment. When you are committed regardless, when you stand regardless, success will find you. The blessing of God will find you. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. And verse, verse 1, it says, Therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This is what, this is what we just finished learning for about six weeks on adversity. Let us let us run with patience. Let us stand in the midst of adversity. Let us lay aside every weight, everything that can distract us. Actually, the Bible, the Amplified Version puts it this way. It says, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbering, sorry, every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin that so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to us and entangles us and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course that is set of the race that is set before us. That's commitment to put aside distractions. Hmm? Put aside in verse 2, it says, looking away from all that will distract us to Jesus who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also the finisher, bringing it to maturity, that, that bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, 
despising and ignoring the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice the Bible calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. So he's there with us at the beginning and he will never leave us until we arrive at the end. He's the author and the finisher. Mind you, he's saying that knowing full well all the different things that are going to happen between when we get started and when we finish, he will never leave us or forsake us. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's going to stick with us until we arrive at our promised land. That's commitment. But in the same way, the Bible says we should be like him. We should be committed. Yes, we should be committed spiritually. We should be committed to the kingdom of God. We should be committed to God's purpose. But also, I want to say this, we should be committed to whatever it is the Lord has given to us. That's a lot of what I'm talking about right now. To be committed to um, what God has given to us. If you have a a business and you want to succeed in that business, you have to be willing to put aside every distraction. There are distractions that will stop you from being able to give it your all. There are distractions that will stop you from being able to give it your best. You have to strip yourself of those distractions. If you are called to pursue a career or a ministry or some assignment, maybe it's a family assignment, whatever it is you are trying to succeed in, you must be willing to put aside everything and give it your best. You must be willing to sell out to it. Whatever you are not willing to commit to, whatever you are not willing to sell out to, you will never be able to fully succeed in, ever. Whatever you are not willing to fully sell out to, you will never fully succeed in. Whatever you are not willing to fully sell out to, you will never succeed. You will never fully succeed in. We must be willing to sell out. What does it mean to sell out? To give it everything. If you are a student, you must be willing to give your studies everything. You must not, you signed up to be a student, right? And in signing up to be a student, you were saying, I will give it everything. You didn't sign up to be a student and say, well, I'll give you some things and then I'll give others. No, you, when you signed up to be a student, while I am a student, I will give it my everything. You must be willing to sell out. Diligence is also extremely important. Look at some of the scriptures on diligence. Why is it important that we are diligent? Diligence is key is a very important key to success. Diligence. Lazy people cannot succeed. It's impossible for a lazy man or a lazy woman to succeed. People who procrastinate all the time, people who always give excuses, make excuses for, they will, they, it's impossible for them to succeed. So we commit, we make a commitment, we sell out completely to whatever it is. If it's a calling, if it's a, the, the ministry, if it's a business, if it's a career, what, what you believe that's what God called you to do, you've got to be willing to sell out to it. Look at the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he looked away from the shame of the cross and he looked toward the joy at the end. 
So he sold out. It was, it was possible for him to sell out to his calling as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, because he was willing to put aside everything that would be a distraction to him. If we want to have success, that's what we must be willing to do. You don't know any athlete who succeeds at their sports or their whatever they do when they live anyhow like everybody else. They don't train. They don't work out. They don't stay in shape. They don't eat right. They don't, I mean, they don't, they, everything, every trade in life, every calling in, in life has its specifications and requirements for success. Now, if you are not an athlete, let's say you are a, a business person, there are other specifications that don't have much to do with your diet, don't have much to do with working out, staying in shape and all that stuff. But there are still specifications. And in order to succeed at that calling, we must be willing to fulfill those requirements. We must be willing to obligate ourselves to do the things that are required to succeed. If you're a minister, that's a, that's, that's a calling. There are specific requirements in order to succeed in the ministry. If you want to succeed as a minister, you must be willing. It may not have much to do with your, your, your diet, working out, and all of that. But there are requirements. <laughs> there are requirements. And all these are under the key of making a commitment and being diligent. Look at some of these scriptures. Let's look at a couple of these scriptures together. On diligence, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. You can pray every day. You can fast every day. But if you are not hardworking, if you are not diligent, you will not, you will not prosper. He says right there, because that's the word of God. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. You can say, Pastor, pray for me. You can go to, you know, whatever, go to conference. You can do different things. And, you know, yeah, great. But when it's all said and done, you must be willing to be diligent to work at your trade, work at your craft. You must be willing to gather knowledge. You must be willing to grow in wisdom. You must be willing to develop understanding in order to succeed then you must be willing to go out and do the work. Whatever that work is. Whether it's mental, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, you must be willing to go out and do that work. You must sell out to it. You must sell out. There is no success in life without diligence. There is no success in life without hard work. You must be on some of this work comes with a lot of sacrifice. When everybody is sleeping, you may be up working. When people are going out to party, you may be shut in preparing. When people are hanging around and just talking, you may have to put yourself in a place where you can, where you can prepare yourself and train yourself so you can succeed. 
putting finishing touches to things that have been started and 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 and, and polishing things that have been um, have been put together and and and, and crossing T's and dotting I's and being circumspect and being diligent. You know, there are a lot of people in the body of Christ who think success is, is all just like spiritual. It's prayer, prayer. Prayer is awesome. We believe in prayer in abundance. We pray more than anything else. We pray, we pray, we pray. We believe in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. We're, oh, we're diligent in prayer. We've already talked on the, this series of lessons. We've talked on the abundant labor of prayer. Talking about Daniel and the, you know, that, that's foundational. But there are many believers who think everything end, ends there. No, it does not. Prayer is the starting point, but it's not the ending point. Then after we pray, then we get direction. Then we go to work. Then we labor. We labor. Like Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all. We labor more abundantly than they all. We do more. That is selling out. That's being diligent. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute, shall be under bondage. If you want to rule, if you want to reign, you must be diligent. You must be willing to burn the midnight oil. You must be willing to find out why. How, why is this? And how do I do this better? How do I get there? How, you must be willing to work at it. To research, open books, to study, to find out, to ask questions, to go places and pay some money to some people who have learned some things that you are trying to get. That's diligence, my friends. That's diligence. Proverbs 12, 27. The slothful man roasted not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. When a, when a slothful man or, or woman, a lazy person, when they get that food that was out there, when they get it, they, can't even, they cannot even devote the work that is required to roast that food. That is to finish it. They get things started, they can't finish it. They don't have perseverance to finish. They don't have the diligence to follow through. In order to succeed, we must be willing to work hard. Due diligence is required for success. Proverbs 13.4 The soul of the sluggard desireth and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. The sluggard just desires, just dreams, dreams. Oh, they just talk big about things that will happen. Oh, things that will happen. Oh, this is going to happen. Oh, I have a dream of it. Oh, but they never do anything. And <laughs> look at what the Bible, they will have nothing. They will end up with nothing. Years and years and years of talking about a dream, but they will end up, well, you know why? Because they never got up to do something about it. <laughs> Just talk about dream and talk about what, what, but never did anything about it. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah, I love it. But of, every, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. When a diligent person, 
when they entertain thoughts of their dream and they work at those dreams, plenty is created for them. But to just think about it, to just, um, just be nonchalant about it, you end up with nothing. Hmm? And then there are some who dream and talk about it, and they just want it now. Like, I just, yeah, I just want it now. And many people can't pay the price. We've already talked about persevering and standing. There are many people who can't pay that price. And I know so many people, so many people who want to succeed, but they want to succeed yesterday. If you tell them, well, you want to succeed, but this is the price you have to pay. Ah, they say, I don't think I want to do that. But do you want to succeed? Oh, yes, I want to. Oh, yes, amen, pastor, I want to succeed. Oh, glory to God. Shama, shama, shama. But this is the price you have to pay for success. Oh, I don't think I want that one. I want that success now. I don't want to pay a price. I want it now. By faith. They won't put faith. By faith, I want it today. Right this moment. Because faith is now. No. No, you've got to, there's, there's, you've, you've, there's diligence, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Glory to God. Do you see a man or woman who is diligent? They will keep rising higher. They'll keep rising higher. Proverbs 27, verse 23. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. I love that, that particular scripture, actually. I love all of them. But I really love that. I, 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 want, to, I, want, to, I want to read the whole thing uh, from that, or actually almost maybe to the end of that scripture. Because there are people who think the crown will, end, will last forever. There are people who think what they have today, they will always have my friends, sometimes opportunities that are given to us, um, they come in, in windows, in batch, in, in um, segments of life. And what we do with it in the moment, in that window when it opens or that door when it opens, will determine to a large extent what eventually happens in our lives. Whether that opportunity leads to another, whether that creates blessings in our lives, or whether we lose it ultimately. There are a lot of people who take for granted the things that they have. There are a lot of people who assume. Have you seen people in relationship? Relationship, if you want to succeed in relationship, you've got to be willing to be diligent. Whether it's a marriage, whether it's a partnership, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a business partnership, whether it's whatever it is. Any relationship, it takes diligence to succeed at it. We have to learn us, our, our predispositions, ourselves. We have to learn the other person or the other people, their predispositions. We have to learn us, our likes, our dislikes. We have to learn them, their likes, their dislikes. We have to, we have to learn us, our tendencies. We have to learn them, their tendencies. We have to learn how to make it work together so that we can both get the best or we can all get the best. from. It's a lot of diligence. And then we have to remind ourselves about it every day. We have to remind, and then we have to have the discipline to do it. Because knowing to do it is not, does not immediately automatically translate to doing it. We have to be willing 
If you are in a relationship and you want that relationship to prosper, you've got to be diligent in it. If you are in a relationship with someone or with people who don't like certain things being said or certain things being done in a certain way, and even though you like those things being done in that way, well, you're going to have to make a decision. Either you pray that they change and they begin to appreciate what you appreciate about those things, or you'll be willing to sacrifice what you want, your preference, so that they can be happy and so you can have a better relationship. I mean, everything requires diligence. Proverbs 27, let's read from verse 23. I'm getting ready to close in this service. I'm going to point out a couple of things about those success buttons before I actually close out. Proverbs 27, look at it. Verse 23. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. For riches are not forever. And does the crown endure to every generation? The hay appeareth and the tender grass showeth itself and herbs of the mountains are gathered. That's it. There is a season. There is a season. The lambs are for thy clothing and the goats are the price of the field. And thou shalt have goat's milk enough for thy food, for the food of thy household and for the maintenance of thy maidens. If you take care of that flock, if you pay attention, that is your ultimate success, your ultimate survival, your ultimate well-being de- de- depends and is determined to a large extent by what you do with what you have right now. What, what are you doing with what you have right now? Are you paying attention? It says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Do you even know what you have? Do you even know how to use what you have? What God has given you? There are a lot of people with potential that is just idling away. Idling away. While they're getting old. Do you know what that potential was given to you for? Have you explored the different aspects of it in this season? What is required of you in this season? All that, my brothers and sisters, that's diligence. That's diligence. I know most of the people that join our Bible studies and that, that study with us. And, and this, you, you know many of these things. I know many of you know many of these things. You know these principles. There was a time several years ago, I couldn't say that. If I was doing a teaching like this, I would have to talk to multiple groups of people. Because majority of them were not necessarily people who knew what we are talking about tonight. But I know most people who are, who are uh, studying with us understand the place of diligence. And I just encourage you to do it more. To maximize the opportunities. That God has given you. Hallelujah. Then you've got to organize for success. We have to organize for success. Hmm? When we know the will of God. When we know what we've been called to. And there are other things that we must do. To guarantee lasting success. These include things like. Planning. Planning. We've got to plan. You've got to plan. And there are scriptures there I can't really look at. Planning involves, involves thoughtfully and prayerfully pondering how to realize our set goals. We have to plan. 
Sometimes we have to put time. Sometimes you have to check resources and you have to plan. In order to succeed, we must have a plan. Things may not exactly turn out exactly the way we plan it, but we must at least have a plan and give that plan to God. There's a lot of scriptures. I don't have time. I don't have time to read them. Planning. We're talking about organizing for success. And of course, in planning, we pray, we seek the direction of the Holy Spirit. But at the end of the day, we must put things down. We must document things and say, we're going to do it this way. We're going to try to do that within this time. There must, you must organize for success if you are going to succeed. We must project, projecting. That involves putting our plan into time frames as the Holy Spirit gives us insight. So now you have this plan, and put it in a time frame. Are we going to do this within six months? Do we want to do that within nine months? Do we want to do it within one year? Do we want to try do something first and trust God and see how that works out? And then we then take the next step. All of these are time dependent. They are time based. It's all part of organizing for success. And in every step, the Holy Spirit leads us because we ask him. Then there's a pursuit which involves stepping out into the instructions that we have received, taking action, implementing the, the pursuit and the vision in stages, going for it, going after it. If you said in six months, we're going to take these steps. In, in three months, we're going to... Sometimes the Lord will accelerate things for us. And those things will happen earlier than we thought, than we planned. Sometimes they may be a little delayed for whatever reason. Well, then we appraise. We check where are we at and what are... We organize ourselves for success. And then there's appraisal, which involves reviewing progress and rethinking methods and strategies in order to... Um, improve on the results obtained. Appraise. Be honest with yourself. Ask yourself some hardcore questions. Be willing to answer those questions honestly. And then be willing, if you need to replan or rethink, re-project, uh, be willing to do it. All of this happens. This is not strictly spiritual exercise. These are things we must do with the leading of the Holy Spirit, but engaging our minds actively. Hallelujah. Then there's perseverance. We've talked about perseverance, which is actively resisting failure and turning down opportunities to quit or go back. I love that. You must persevere when it's all said and done. And then finally, there's attitude, which ultimately determines our altitude, constantly addressing the disposition of our minds and feelings and redirecting them in the direction of God's instructions will keep us from being distracted or derailed. Oh, this is what we have to do all the time. All the time as we pursue success. So you have to constantly speak to our minds. We have to constantly make sure we are keeping the right attitude because the time is going to come when we are not as passionate about what we want to do, when we are not as fired up about it. Time may have elapsed and we may feel like it's not really worked out so far the way we thought it should. And in those moments, the enemy will try to sneak in with dis discouragement. But we must be willing to adjust our attitude, bounce back from whatever setbacks we may have had, be willing to go again, maybe use another method this time. 
Hallelujah. Or if we know what we're supposed to do, go, just keep going for it. Just keep going for it. Glory be to God. And if we do all of that, and everything that the Lord has instructed us about in this series of lessons on guaranteed success, persevering through adversity, abundant labor, commitment, diligence, organizing for success, we will succeed. We will succeed. Father, we thank you so much for your instructions tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the clarity that you've given to us. We, we give you the glory and the praise for your mighty presence with us. And Lord, even though a lot of what we've talked about tonight and really strictly spiritual, we know you are involved. You are engaged with us in every step that we undertake. You have said you will never leave us or forsake us. You are always with us. And you are with us, guiding us, steering us, leading us by the Holy Spirit. Father, we receive everything that you have released upon us tonight. We give you all the glory and all the praise. I call my brothers and sisters blessed as they continue to engage the word and engage your promise and engage the, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Father God, that dreams will be fulfilled. Ah, hallelujah. Destinies will be accomplished. Father God, that we would arrive at our place of promise. We'll fulfill your will. Possess our possession and our inheritance. And we'll finish well. Thank you, Father, for the success that is within our reach. We declare by faith we already have it. And for that, we thank you. And we give you glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, saints. Went on for a little bit longer tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Lord helped us. Thank you for being here. Look forward to seeing you again same time next week. God bless you. Good night. <laughs>